All right, we're uh, in the last book here of Galatians, chapter 6. And what a, what a great book that this has been. Uh, I've learned some things uh, in Galatians that I hadn't seen in uh, goodness since I've been serving Christ. This is just, it's just been such a moving book. And, and to a lot of uh, things I, I thought I understood, uh, Galatians really has made it a lot more clear. And uh, I hate that we're uh, on our last book here. <laughs> it's been really good. And uh, I think every, every Christian needs to have a, a, a good walk through it and, and understand what it's saying and what it's, what it's talking about. Uh, so many things. Uh, uh, I didn't get to be here every night for it. I wish, wished I could have. Uh, it's been so good. I heard, you know, Brother Mark, Brother Greg, and, and Terry, and they've done such, such a wonderful job and uh, such an encouragement. Mark brought out some things, you know, that uh, made some really good points. And I'd looked at, uh, I, I didn't realize, I guess, the, the uh, sections of John, what John the Baptist taught, what the disciples were taught, and then what Paul taught. You know, that's uh, all three speaking of Christ, but, but when you look at what, you know, John came out at the time where the Jews were waiting upon the Messiah, and waiting upon the, the kingdom to come. And Galatians speaks, you know, it covers this pretty well. Uh, and they were looking for the Messiah to come, the kingdom, uh, you know, the governor that would come, and, and I guess they hoped would deliver them out from under the hands of the Romans. And uh, then here comes, you know, hadn't heard anything from God or seen any prophet, I guess, in 400 years there, quite a space. And then all of a sudden, here comes John out of the wilderness, you know, preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he's speaking to the Jews. And this is one thing here I didn't see. Uh, I'm always trying to wrap Gentile in with the Jews, but this sect, he's talking to the Jews. Uh, uh, even Jesus had quoted one time, I was sent uh, to restore the house of Israel or the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh, he had quoted it one time when, when a lady had spoke to him. And he said, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And see, I, I bypassed all that for years and didn't even think really what it was talking about or catch on that you had John, you had what the disciples taught, and then you had what Paul was taught. Uh, and it took me you know, some time to see that, I think up into the ninth chapter of Acts is when the Gentiles really got a grab at this thing, that really, uh, uh, when grace, you know, was, was brought to them uh, through Paul, who was set up to be minister. If you've ever read over in the book of Romans, I think it's the 11th chapter, talking about God giving the Jews a uh, slumber or asleep, you know, in order to bring in the Gentile. And, but all these things to me didn't really, you know, click until we got into this real, real deep. And it brought out so many, so many good points. But we, when you look at what John taught, he taught, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it said to all of Judea 
And also Jerusalem, speaking of the Jews, came up to be baptized of John. They, you know, they had the yearly sacrifice of the lamb. Uh, so what it must have been to hear John you know, say, repent and be baptized now, and he wanted to bring and restore Israel back to God and turn their eyes back to him. And some of them, may, maybe they thought, you know, uh, you, you mean we can have forgiveness of sin now? We don't have to wait upon the sacri yearly sacrifice of the lamb. We could, you know. But, but this wasn't salvation. Now, I know people get kind of confused on this, thinking that was salvation. But it wasn't salvation. Christ brought salvation. And... So if we're not, we're not careful, we can take things out of context, not understanding what they're saying, and try to apply them. Because I remember as a young minister that I myself uh, stood before a congregation of people and said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin, and quoting what John quoted. you know. Uh, but when you look at what John said and what Paul said, there's a whole different thing, because Paul taught death, burial, and resurrection. See, Jesus Christ hadn't, at, the, at, at John's point, he hadn't been at the cross yet. So there was no death, burial, and resurrection at that point. But people will try to wrap things in there and they get tangled up and then they don't understand what is salvation. You know, what, what is the truth about it? But Galatians really brings that out. And uh, which, uh, honestly, uh, I wish I'd had maybe more time to put into Galatians because you can take a few verses and spend a week on it but but uh, we'll do what what God gives us tonight and try to try to get through a few things if we don't you know finish everything tonight we'll take it up next week but but I, I would like to say uh, I guess for a basic study or home study why, why not go home and write down and go through scripture, look at what John taught, look at what the disciples were taught, and then see what Paul taught, and then look at the difference there. And look at where what was for the Jews, and then look at what was for the Gentiles. And that'll bring you a whole lot more understanding when you go into the Word of God. You'll understand who they were talking to, what they were talking about, you know. Uh, I think it's a good, good lesson is, is to know uh, who's talking, who they're talking to, and then what they're talking about. That's, that's three things to ask yourself when you go into looking at the Word of God. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not no brilliant mind or smart. I'm just a common man. And uh, so if, if you have any uh, thing to share tonight, uh, I know that the people watching online, they're not going to be able to hear, but, uh, but we will dis we'll discuss that, and you are free to to uh, uh, give your opinions or, or to speak on what you want to. But I kind of feel led. I'm just going to read through 6, and then we'll come back, and then we'll, we'll discuss. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. I should have got me a water bottle. My mouth's already getting dry. <laughs> That's all right, though. Uh, all right, the first chapter. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You see how large a letter I write unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the, word, the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to the, this rule, peace be on them and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From thenceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So a lot, lot of different points that Paul brought out here in, in the, this book. Uh, we'll go back and, and look at number one. Thank you, brother. And it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. So what, what is meekness? Tender, loving kindness. So if a brother be overtaken in a fault, what does that say? He's failed in some way. He's, he's, he's given to some fault or uh, he has failed. So it's encouraging the church. Paul here is encouraging the church of Galatians to restore him. Not to push him farther out, 
but to restore him and to use a spirit of meekness. In other words, love. Because if you're not careful, when there's someone who has failed, we, we shouldn't say, I'm going to go tell Brother Terry about this. I'm going to go tell John. We, we need to get everybody, you know. Uh, we shouldn't run them down, but we should encourage them. I, it don't matter what they've done. Go to them. Find a place where you can talk to them in, in private. Use love and, you know, say, hey, look, I know uh, what you're going through, uh, uh, but let me encourage you. Look, look, at what, look at this, you know. Have, have them have a good look at it. What, what do you think? Sometimes it's better to ask a person uh, going through something that they, you know, what, what do you think if people, you know, seen you in this shape, what, what are they going to think, you know? And, and let them answer you back because that puts them in the mind to think. If I just go against them, I know what you've done. I've seen what you've done. You better straighten it up. You know, you can't power drive somebody in serving God. You can't force somebody. You didn't force somebody to come to Christ. You can't force somebody to stay. But in a spirit of meekness to restore them to Christ. So walk like you're walking on eggs, basically. And I'm going to tell you this. Younger brothers coming into the church, they're going to fail a lot. I did. I'm one of them. I failed a lot. I did things I wasn't supposed to do. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. I didn't think. I'd even seen men that were in the church. Uh, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. I had not such a clean mouth. I didn't have such a clean mouth before I came to Christ. And afterwards, I'd seen some deacons in the church using words that they shouldn't be using. I thought, that's all right. No, they're my elders. You know, they're saying it. They're doing it. It's okay for me then. Oh, I messed up one day, though, because I'd done that in front of a sinner. I tried to witness to a lost man as a young comrade. <laughs> and he said, well, you're just like me. You use words and you say things that I do. And I was, so here's where I messed up even worse. I tried to justify myself. I should have said, yeah, you're right, but watch me from now on. But I didn't. I tried to justify my wrong, and they wouldn't hear me anymore. They, they never would listen to me again. So just because somebody else does wrong, you know, it doesn't make it right. But being young and not understanding and seeing others do it, it's easy to fall. But what if somebody had come to me and jumped all over me? They might have knocked me out of coming back to church. So use a spirit of meekness. You shouldn't be doing that, you know. You know, you use love. You can talk to people in love or you can talk to people hateful. But use love. That's what will restore. That's what brought you to Christ is love. I didn't come to Christ because some preacher said, you don't need to be living that way. You're going to go to hell. You know, that, that didn't bring me to Christ. I didn't come to Christ because somebody said, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that, and you need to cut your hair, and you need to look a little bit better. That ain't why I came to Christ. I came to Christ because I realized I had a soul condition, and I realized some who could fix it. That brought me to Christ. There was love there. And so, anyway, moving, we'll move right along here. I could, I could probably talk for a while on it, but... Uh, like I said, I, I'm not the greatest teacher. I, I love talking about the Word of God, but uh, I'm working on that teaching part. 
All right. Um, let's move on to two. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. So there's one thing else that we got to keep in mind, that we're... Nobody's two heads above somebody else. In God's eyes, we're his children, and there's not one any better than the other. That'd be like me looking at my daughter, Kendra, and say, I like you because you're the oldest. Or if I looked at my daughter, Kristen, and said, I, like, I love you more because you're the youngest. Or you got more achievements. Or you did this and you did... You know, that's ridiculous. How can I love one of them more than I love the other one? They're both mine. You know, so, and God looks at you the same way. You both, and come under, we all rather, came under Christ. We came the same way. We, we chose him. We believe on him. We trust in him. So how can I say I'm better than you? Oh, well, I, I'm a preacher. I'm a, a minister. You know, we've traveled years from sung. I've been on this job for a long time. I've done a lot of things for the Lord. And then you get a new comrade in the church. How can I compare myself to somebody who just <laughs> came in? <laughs> How can I look at a child, a little baby, and say, I'm better than that child? I can't. There's no way. That child, as far as that goes, uh, far greater than me. I couldn't even, you know. But the first will be last. He spoke in one, one place. And uh, first will be last and the last first. So there, there is no big eyes and little use. We're all uh, in, in Christ Jesus. We're all in the Lord. We're all the same. So he's not going to look at one and, and he's not going to do for Terry what he wouldn't do for me. He's not going to do... For me, what he wouldn't do for you. Uh, says, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself, and not another. For every man shall bear his own burdens. I, I, I don't, you know, Terry doesn't bear my burdens. Ravonna doesn't bear my burdens, but I've got to bear my burdens. I've got to make the stand. And... I've got to live for God. I've got to set the example for Brother Scott. Uh, uh, Brother Greg's got to set the example for, for somebody else. You know, so we, uh, not that we can't be a help to one another, but, but you know, I, I've got to carry my burdens. Uh, I've had a guy, one time I had to hold his hand to help him serve God, you know, so to speak. And he... He was, would think, you know, uh, while I was there, everything was okay. But when I would get away, it seemed like he would just, you know, was a wreck. So I, I don't really believe in having to hold somebody's hand to get them to serve God. If you love God, you'll serve him. I believe that. So, so in, in that point, I think somebody's missing something if they just... For some reason, they come to Christ, but they can't live for Christ. There's something wrong. I think. I think if we're going to be a Christian, let's let's just strive for perfection. Let's strive to please God. That's, I'm not striving to please man. We're striving to please God. So, but uh, while I was, I remember one time that I was really burdened, really down, discouraged, 
and uh, just some just some things had had befallen, and I was really down, really discouraged. And I, you know, had prayed and didn't know what to do, and and at the point when I felt like I was at my lowest, the phone rang, and I picked it up, and the guy said, "Brother Chris," he said, "I am so down right now." He said, "I I just don't know what to do." He said. I, you know, my wife, my daughter, and it was just a big pile of uh, just excuses. And here I was at my lowest point, and I began to try to encourage him. You know, I, I prayed, Lord, let, help me know what to do, you know. So this guy calls, and he's at his lowest point. I'm at mine, but yet I start trying to encourage him, and then I start speaking basically to myself. <laughs> So as I'm building him up, I'm building myself back up. I'm thinking, you know, I don't need to be this way. I don't need, you know, there's no time for this. Uh, there's still people out there that, that depend on you. And, and they need your help. They need your encouragement. So as I was building him up, I've, I was building myself up. And I'd asked the Lord for, for something, and he sent me a, <laughs> somebody else in the same shape, you know. <laughs> so you probably wouldn't think of that. <laughs> happened in that way, but uh, the Lord knows what he's doing, even though we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we, we get in our vision of a self-pity Thing of where we're looking at ourselves and we're thinking, you know, Lord, they've got this, they've got that, I'm here, Lord, when, you know, when is, when am I ever going to find my grounds, you know, and, and, you know, and it becomes ridiculousness, really. Uh, what we need to do is come to a point, and I, and I think that may be in the whole problem, is that we've got to come to a point that we're going to make the stand for Christ, we're going to live for him no matter what the world brings, you know, uh, no matter what tomorrow brings, we're going to live for him and, and we're going to make our stand. For me and my house, we're going to serve God. It doesn't make any difference what, what the world does. And if you know within your heart that you're living for God and you're doing your best and you're giving your all, you know, I mean, basically, that's, that's what God's looking for, is that you keep your eyes on him. Otherwise, you're going to be like Peter and you're going to start sinking. But, <laughs> but if we keep our eyes on him, we, we can ride above our, our despairs and things. Uh, all right, uh, verse 6. Uh, Let him that is taught in, in word and in communication, uh, in, in the word, communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. So uh, he that is being taught, it's speaking here, and, and the teacher. Uh, and it says here, taught in, in the word, communicate. So there, there needs to be communication between a teacher a congregation, uh, 
whatever is you know is taking place far as far as a teacher and them that are being taught there needs to be communication uh, with each other uh, I can't tell you how many times that I've as uh, with churches that they really couldn't even have a Bible study because one thought this, one thought that, and they'd sit and argue with one another. I've even been to conferences where they do, would do that. And I'm sitting looking around like, you know, I thought, man, I'm going up here, it's going to be a blessing. Nothing but preachers in this house. Man, I'm going to have a blast. It's hard to be great. You know, I'm going to go out of here on cloud nine. Nothing but preachers in here. What could go wrong? I went in there for that conference, and they argued from the time that it started. I mean, I'm talking about arguing like little children. Because, because of belief issues. And I thought to myself, what? I was ashamed. I mean, I really wanted to get up and say, I'm ashamed to be here. I never thought this. I come up here looking for a blessing and then this. So, I, you know, and that might have been the last time I went back. I don't remember. Maybe one other time, but, but it was discouraging. I was like, we're all working for the same goal. It don't make no difference if you think it's black or white. We're still fighting for, you know, to win people to Christ. But, and get this now, we're all of the same denomination. <laughs> That's why, you know, we're all the same denomination, but, but yet there's so many aspects there that we think this guy needs to see it how I see it, and that need you know... Uh, it, it almost turned into a, almost a comedy show. But it was ridiculous. It was. And the uh, guys were taking care of it. I mean, I kind of felt sorry for them because it didn't make no difference what they said. It still went on. It still happened. So, but we need to, you know, have some communication. Goodness sakes alive. Let's, let's have some respect for each other. Who cares if Greg sees it different than I do? It don't make no difference. We're still God's pe God's children. We're, we're both God's children. If he says it's black, or well, if you says it's orange and I say it's blue, <laughs> it's still it's still all right. <laughs> we're still we're still God's people. We're still God's children. Well. We, we need to understand that as long as we're in this flesh, we're, all, we're always going to be at lack. When we get over there, we ain't going to have to worry about it. We're going to know it all. But here, you know, we, uh, we're searching for the truth. Like I said, it took 50 years for me to see some of the things that happened here in Galatians and uh, probably would have argued with somebody over it. But uh, we need to have respect for others, even, even other denominations, <laughs> it don't make no difference. Church of God, you know, Free Will Baptist, what, whatever they are, it don't make no bit of difference. Uh, we need to have respect for one another. And as far as that goes, I had a guy argue with me one time, or, or brought up some things, and I didn't, no, I didn't agree with him, but uh, I brought up a passage of scripture that I knew he he saw it this way, and I saw it this way. I bet, but I just done it for a point. I said, you believe it that way? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, well, I believe it like this. I said, who's right? He just stood there. He didn't say anything. I said, let me tell you who's, who's wrong. <laughs> I said, we're wrong, and the word's right. 
and it'll stand, you know. Uh, I might be trying to figure it out, but, but the word is always, will always be there. It will always mean the same thing that it means. But it don't make a, you know, and it going to help nobody first to argue over something that it doesn't, you know. Anyway, we'll move on here. Uh, <clears throat> in verse 7 it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall uh, of the Spirit life everlasting. Now let us not, that's pretty, I don't think I have to really explain that a whole lot. I mean, what uh, you sow to, you know, that's what you're going to reap. If you want to live after the flesh then you're going to reap after the flesh. If you're going to live for God, you're going to reap after God. It's just basic common sense. Who are you serving? All right. We'll do a few more verses here, and then uh, let, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, we don't need to be weary and well doing. We we seen a lot of things going on in the world right now. It's you know, uh, make you shake your head. You don't know what's going on. Some of the things that just happened here just in the, in this week. Uh, but we don't need to be weary in what we're doing for for God and what we're doing for Christ. And it says we'll reap if we faint not. What you talking about? If we don't quit and we don't give up, we got to keep pressing forward. Uh, what about your children? What about your family? What if I just quit, you know, and, and their lives, you know, are hanging in the balance? We can't quit. What if somebody quit on you? What if somebody said to you, you know, you need, you need Jesus, and that'll fix everything? And you said, I don't want that. I don't want that. What if they just quit and gave up? See, we can't do that. When I came to Christ, there was one line that had me, if you're ashamed to profess me before this sinful and adulterous generation, I think the preacher was, was preaching at the time, I'll be ashamed to profess you before my Father and his holy angels. I could not shake that because I knew the condition of my soul. So what if he just quit because <laughs> it offended me? He didn't. He kept on and on. And every time I went to church, that's what I heard because that's, the place I stood in, I knew what I needed to do. So we can't be weary in well-doing what we're doing with the kids down here and helping them. We can't be weary in it. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we just want to stay home. Sometimes, you know, we feel like giving up. But we can't do that. We've got to keep on. We've got to keep on. We're just about done anyways. I'm talking about here on this side. We're just about done. So we can't just, just quit and give up. And we're going to come to a close, and maybe we can get to this uh, rest of this next week. I don't think there's a whole lot more. Just 18 uh, verses in, in uh, Galatians 6. But we appreciate uh, everybody coming out tonight. Like I said, I'm not the greatest teacher. I love trying, but uh, I'll improve, I hope. <laughs> Eventually, I'll, I'll improve. But, but I love the Lord, love you all. 
and let's let's grow in faith together. Let's let's grow in the Word. Uh, my way is not the right way. God's way is the right way, and and let's live by that. I love y'all.